Alright, another episode of uh, Honest All Talking. Uh, third one in three days. I actually didn't uh, plan for this to be a daily podcast, but uh, turns out to be what's happening. Um, don't know how long it's going to keep up, but for the time being, I'm just going to ride this wave, I suppose. Um, today's, uh, I was going to talk about uh, finding out how we buy it. As I mentioned in the uh, first episode of uh, the podcast, um, it was um, in some way led to the formation of the podcast uh, six years ago uh, when uh, I was outed just by my older brother who used the tapes I recorded, the little recordings I've made. No one uses tapes anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I to practice to see if uh, a podcast would be viable if I was, uh, could talk coherently for an uh, extended period of time alone. And the first topic was, uh, yeah, finding out that I was by it. I was still, at the time, 24 years old. Um, 24 years old Ben, 30 now. Um, it was uh, something I was still processing. Um, so that's why it was on the top of my mind. Uh, right? I was just like, what should I talk about? Oh, why not talk about this thing that I've been thinking about for uh, a few, yeah, a few years. And intensely for uh, a few months at the time. Right? Um, but it just ended up because of the fact that I had a death threat and scrapped the podcast so quickly that I never actually got an opportunity to uh, to talk about the issue actually in its own episode, right? Um, even though like, it was a catalytic uh, factor. So I guess I'll just uh, talk about it now, um, beginning with... Uh, Finding out, which was uh, when I was 17. Um, of the five guys I know, um, the it's a relatively early age. Um, again, just just the people I know, um, um, but it still feels kind of late for me. It's just like uh, barely six years into puberty, um, and interestingly enough. At every point in time, up until then, I probably would have expressed uh, deeply homophobic uh, views, not deeply toward the end. I mean, as I grew older, I uh, became, became uh, more open to these kind of things, more progressive, I guess. Even though I <clears throat> didn't think of it as being true for myself, right? when I was 15, 16, early on when I was 17, too. Uh, I began to have uh, somewhat of a d- diminishment of homophobia, but it was still uh, substantial. What happened was um, there was a uh, guy in the class, uh, and uh, it was uh, I was 17 going on 18 at the end of high school, and uh, just uh, yeah, I just I was friends with this, became friends with one one guy and. Uh, he, uh, he, I don't know, he was just like a bit of an emo kid. I never really hung out with him. Um, but, see, he just seemed cool. And, uh, I was getting along. Uh, and towards the end of, uh, the school year, 
Ooh, it's a band that we're going to uh, different universities. Uh, he's going away, so it's like probably not gonna see him. Didn't live too close to each other. Never really knew each other before that, so it didn't seem like we we're gonna keep in touch. But what was interesting was that he well, he began talking towards the end of the school year, and then talking about um, a friend of his who he wanted to uh, ask out, but wasn't sure if it would potentially uh, impact their friendship. He spoke about a specific girl, uh, but just based off of what I knew about the dynamic between them, I'm like, no, this is clearly not, right? <clears throat> clearly not the girl talking about something else. Kind of didn't, took me a while to realize that it was actually, he was talking about me. strange that because I think because I had been friends with him for a really long time I didn't really respond to finding out that way. I guess what also happened was um, around the time he uh, yeah we started talking about this that thing he came out to me um, at Hugh's gate uh, and uh, that kind of, I had already known, but that kind of solidified the suspicion. Um, and of course, it wasn't something I wanted to act on. Um, I just played dumb, really. I'm just like, right, good luck with her. <laughs> Best of luck, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, let me know if you need a wing bed, but uh, not, you know, not uh, picking up on any of the. But internally, uh, I knew, and it was clear to me that I didn't react negatively to it, right? And that uh, you know, it began, uh, I guess, this, uh, a series. Yeah, beginning. It began like a series of uh, thoughts, spanning years about the topic, uh, development. This uh, because it was clear to me almost immediately that there was some kind of latent desire, almost. Um, I guess it puts it in the fact that I didn't really mind when... One important thing that happened was, uh, was one of the last days of school. Uh, we, there was this one... We had two classes together in the second half of the day, so we would just walk from one class to another, and there was like this stretch where we would not many people pass, uh, and uh, what happened was that like, we were walking through, we held my head, uh, and uh, it was for like a second, and I didn't mind it, I like, let go until two people, like these two strangers, uh, entered into the hallway we were walking into, and I just kind of abruptly let go, and then he got like all depressed, I felt bad about having induced the, uh, depression, but I never, you know, yeah, you just, we just kind of looked out of it. And there were, like, earlier examples, too, um, if I was honest with myself, again, things I would never admit to anybody at the time, but it was clear, you know, weird memories, like, um, I remember having my first crush that was uh, on a girl when I was, uh, 
in grade seven, in grade two, grade seven would have been a bit weird, a bit late. Uh, but yeah, it was clear. Okay, that's one of the reasons I never thought the cause of like a bit of. Uh, um, yeah, it was a, a bit strange, real, hard for me to process it. Up until then, I always liked girls. I had crushes on girls when I was a young kid. I, white dream was about a girl. Into, like, into girls all throughout school, uh, high school. Uh, so this was like, it seemed as if it was, I could have gone the rest of my life on this, really just having these kind of things slide on the radar once I realized that you know, there might be these things that began to like dig back in my life, right? So I was like, okay, grade two, I have a crush on this girl. Also, I had this weird fascination <coughs> with the uh, boy band Hanson. I mean, that is just nothing sexual or anything that way, but I don't know, I've spent like, like a bit too much time with like, uh, watching their music videos, I think. Uh, the weird fascination with that. Also, a much more potent one, much more clear one was uh, in grade uh, five. We had uh, we had uh, class a couple of class computers, and there was one on which uh, one of the cool kids figured out you could uh, save porn. There was a weird can't believe like this kid. I guess maybe it was I don't know. It was just what it was. It was like two anime shows, um, Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon. Uh, people had drawn the characters of the two shows fucking, and it was like all the boys in the class knew where the file folder was, so we were just like under the guise of going, doing our work, they would just huddle around, uh, watch it. And at that point, we were nine, ten years old, grade five. Not the oldest one of us couldn't have, uh, the most mature and developed one of us couldn't have uh, really had any interest in it other than as something abstract and scandalous, right? So it was kind of ridiculous that we're looking at it. But what I do remember was um, concurrent to that, there was also, uh, because Dragon Ball Z was such a big show, they would always uh, print out pictures of uh, Dragon Ball Z characters. And uh, if they saw one on the internet, or this was just as the internet was first beginning to take hold, so we thought that we could print out, uh, a pic find a picture, a cool picture that somebody drew of our favorite character on the show uh, in a different country, like some Japanese kid drew this about you know, Goku, and then we printed it out and showed it to our friends. It was, like, it was kind of mind-blowing to us as a nine-year-old in 1999. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we just showed these Dragon Ball Z pictures to each other, and one time a friend of mine noticed that I was, uh, staring too long, in his opinion, at one of the pictures, and he was like, oh, like, why are you, why are you looking at it so hard? And, uh, like, what the hell are you talking about? Fuck you, man. Uh, I <laughs> Um, I can't, like, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, anything like that, but, um, it was just, memories like this kind of came to the forefront all throughout, uh, my life, uh, so it was, like, it was kind of hard for me at that point to honestly say to myself that, uh, no, there's nothing going on, right, <clears throat> even though I still did not, you know, again, 
just kind of turned off by the abstract idea of any of this kind of stuff, where you know, the, the logistics, I suppose, of uh, man, man action in that way would still have been kind of weird outputting to me. But so, like, uh, it was clear, you know, that there was something there that I picked up on enough to, uh, yeah, I've recognized. And so, it took maybe, I think, from then, another five or six years, even, for me to fully admit to myself that I was by. You watch things online, you develop interest in more people than just the one person. Um, stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> not too important to go to too much detail on that, but it became kind of clear. And, and after a while, I was uh, kind of comfortable telling uh, some friends, my close uh, friends. I didn't tell any family. I did. Uh, yeah, I didn't expose it to tell one of my sisters found out just by she used my uh, phone to tune uh, guitars, a guitar tuning app, and uh, she'll sometimes use my phone while I was asleep just to tune a guitar and opens it up and she's like, oh, okay. Apparently I was getting it by. Uh, yeah. But other than that, uh, until the coming, uh, like, uh, forced outing story that I told in the podcast about the podcast, episode one, which I would recommend you listen to if you haven't already, <laughs> the death threat story. Yeah, it was, <clears throat> that's how I ended up uh, coming out to the family. What was interesting, I guess, to me is because of the fact that, well, one of the interesting things that, uh, to me about myself <laughs> is that, uh, um, there, it's clear that, like, uh, there, yeah, I think it, there's a, a possibility, uh, easy, another timeline, as it were, that's very easy to uh, imagine in which I uh, could have gone the rest of my life without uh, seriously uh, contemplating this. And I've definitely seen guys uh, who are in that kind of state that I was in before 17. Throughout the rest of their lives, throughout their lives, right? Sometimes you see, you hear about them um, finding out in their like 50s, right, 60s. Sometimes even there's a show, Grace and Frankie, even about this concept, where concept, but like this trend phenomenon, where men, two men, will just leave their wives for each other after decades of uh, friendship. In their case, it wasn't like late in sexuality or whatever. Not here, neither here nor there for uh, um, What's if, yeah, if I, if I was born in Somalia, right, which is not a uh, country that's open to these kind of things, and, uh, I, I think, like, as I said, there's like a reduction in my uh, homophobia um, in the years up to that, like 15, 16, early on, 17. Um, Right, um, I was rethinking some of these biases that I had um, that I thought might be a little bit unfair um, without any introspection, of course. Um, right, or not thinking of them affecting me in any direct way. 
but I think if I had not lived in Canada, that would not have been the case. I wouldn't have been exposed to people uh, directly challenging my homophobic views, right? Um, and if they were not uh, weakened, if they had been as strong as they had ever been, there could very well might have been a chance that I would have just responded to his uh, advance, if you will, negatively, just the way I always been angry, disgusted, and would have just ruptured the friendship, right? There's uh, people who, <clears throat> a famous story, I believe, uh, of somebody finding out that, uh, I think a neighbor or something, or, uh, I was on one of these 90s talk shows where a guy find out that a guy he knew had a gay sexual attraction for him and uh, led to like a murder, right? Of course, I would not have gone in that way, but uh, it's just that same kind of, you could, I could kind of see um, how, you know, the, the confusion and the, and the uh, dissonance that, that kind of creates in a person's mind, the refusal, I guess, uh, for somebody to want to think about it, right, and having the psychological stress, maybe, that would be generated by having that uh, forcibly brought up by somebody else could just manifest itself in hostility directed towards that person, right? You just, because you don't want to confront it, you just get angry at everybody who forces you to uh, confront it, at least uh, subconsciously, right? Anybody who brings up these feelings within you uh, would be the subject of uh, ire, right, uh, who would lash out. And we kind of see that uh, in many cases with homophobic people, like the mega church preachers, oftentimes the most locally homophobic people themselves, you find out later on, have these sexual desires themselves. And people often just jump, oh, they're lying to hide, uh, deflect attention, and that very well might be the case for some of them, but I think with most of them, uh, at least a, a percentage of them, because it's uh, plausible to me, uh, given my experience, that it's just that dissonance, right? It's, uh, that, that discomfort uh, that just sublimates itself in homophobia. That's going on, right? and um, it doesn't mean that it's a choice, right? Of course, being bi, but it does mean that like it's uh, there's definitely a cultural component, right? Like uh, a different cultural context, I might have just gone the rest of my life uh, thinking of myself to be a heterosexual, uh, purely heterosexual. I mean, what's interesting is that in fact. Uh, because like, you're not uh, attracted to people in the same way and I'm not, and I feel like much of the, uh, like the, the attractions I've had, the interests, like the flings I would have had, I guess, with guys, uh, aren't really, they don't develop in the voice, in a manner similar to girls, the ones I've had with girls, and uh, they don't, uh, I think, have the potential, at least for me, to lead to like a long-term committed relationship, 
right? It's not. Uh, it's more like F buddies, if anything. Right? I don't like have the a lot of the more deeply romantic things that you would need to sustain a long term, like marriage, for example, are things that occurred only in my experience with girls. So in all likelihood, I'll just end up marrying a girl anyways, right? Which is uh, interesting, I guess, why I was, didn't feel the need to like confront my mom when she said, like I mentioned in the first episode when my brother had added me to her, when she said, we need to talk, I said, no, we don't. Part of that was uh, just indignation saying, no, I don't have anything to explain. Well, part of that was like, also was like, ah, really, do we? Do we really have anything to talk about? Is this that big a deal? <laughs> uh, of course not. It just, um, yeah. But I could have, in a different cultural context, just married a girl and never thought about it, just stayed on the boat. And, uh, yeah. To pass on. Uh, homophobic thought to another generation of kids who probably would have uh, continued the cycle. Who knows? I'm not saying, uh, that's what was done to me. I've definitely had a homophobic, homophobia imparted on me by my dad. Um, just really, and then in the way that any village person has, I guess, um, yeah, the stories of Lot, uh, his wife, you know, uh, was always gay friendly, um, and, uh, know how that turned out for, uh, the people of that town, uh, as the story goes and things like that. Uh, my dad had, uh, would just bring it up on occasion, I don't know, like, uh, if he picked up on any latent signs on my part, or any, any troubling signs of, uh, <laughs> and when I was a kid, we would just, like, constantly bring it up, just, like, family dinner, and I, we let the kids know, in case I could bad. <laughs> we did, uh, uh, it was one of his motivations where I don't want to speculate, uh, when I get murdered by my remaining family members by speculating about this kind of thing, but I, I don't podcast, but, um, it is clear that, uh, it's just called, there's a degree to which it's called to be done. I have talked to, um, gay people from the Caribbean, uh, who, and other places too, that are, not uh, culturally accepting of any of these things. And of course, there's always like, a, I remember there was a uh, funny speech that uh, the president of Iran, former president of Iran, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, uh, gave when he said that there were no gay people in Iran. Of course, there are, there are everywhere in countries where they don't believe that they have them, they're still the same frequency, occur at the same frequency uh, that we do in other places. But what's interesting is that oftentimes there are men who are, oh yeah, just occur, these acts occur between people who are in relationships with other, yeah, heterosexual relationships, right? I know the stats in the southern states in America are around, I think, like a quarter. Of gay men have a kid in uh, the South because they had a relationship before they became, became open, right? 
uh, or had a past relationship uh, with a woman that led to uh, the consummation of a child, right? Uh, so not adoptions we're talking about, uh, or, or just to make that clear. Um, yeah, and it's interesting too that uh, even though Canada, uh, West North American culture, the Western culture, uh, is much more accepting than the one I was brought up into, it's clear, I think, based off of the preponderance of people I meet, who, uh, not preponderance, but I mean, just the, the amount of people, I mean, of people, I mean, um, who uh, are in similar situations uh, to uh, me before I was 17, before I realized these kind of things about myself. Um, because I see them all the time, and I see many different ways in which they react to uh, that uh, disconnection. Uh, this kind of going on in their heads is um, it's clear that you know there's still barriers uh, in our culture, right? Like people can grow up in uh, Canada, not have any influences uh, from uh, any other culture like I did, and still have that same latent to uh, the extent of their bisexuality. Um, and what's interesting is like oftentimes it's puts me in like very weird positions, right? Like uh, of course, like I, I I spoke briefly in the episode about episode two about losing weight, about uh, getting more attention, get more attention both from both, but I've noticed there is like some. Um, it's not like getting attention from guys. It's like there's, and it can be a bit uh, odd because like you'll have, um, I'll have my friends notice, for example, a guy at a bar who's like staring at me, and it's like, yeah, I know, uh, but I'm not gonna, I can't really look at this person's general direction because as soon as I do, he's gonna ask me, what the fuck are you looking at? Right? Uh, right, it's just kind of, then, like, it's, I would prove it to them by, uh, I just saying, they just, like, nod, uh, to a person in the way you would, uh, a person that is sitting beside you at a bar, or what, like, if a person sneezes, they say, bless you, had a, uh, a guy in that situation swear at me for saying, uh, <laughs> bless you when he sneezed, um, which is, um, it's just kind of funny because, like, uh, there's a, p a strong potential for violence. Uh, I don't have to worry about it so much because I'm a six foot two black guy. I'm uh, what people are afraid of in this culture, <laughs> right? I'm a toddler predator. Uh, at least it's like a method of raging black man with uh, lead people to leave, I suppose. So it's like I, I benefit from it until I open my mouth and start talking. Thankfully, uh, so I don't have to deal with uh, many, but it's uh, many more. Of violent um, potential manifestations of some of people's negative beliefs towards me, uh, but uh, it's clear that there is a potential for violence there in some latent bisexual men in Canada, right? And uh, I don't know, it's like uh, I know there's uh, studies that show that um, 
don't know if it's a majority. I would say about a, uh, a plurality, I think, of uh, young uh, people, this latest generation, would uh, to describe themselves as being mostly straight. Right? So there are shifts uh, in the acceptance of uh, the fluidity, the sexual fluidity, but um, there's still a lot of weirdness going on, and I think the uh, people will be shocked by the percentage. Right? I think there's like a lot of girls who uh, would probably find a gay porn on their boyfriend's uh, phones if <laughs> they went through them looking hard enough. Uh, or, uh, you know, might not notice. Because uh, they say, like, the way you could tell. Uh, I don't know if gaydar is a actual thing. I think I have, okay, I think every bi or gay person thinks they have some like, good gaydar. Uh, at least those of us who are, like, dumb enough to actually believe in it, <laughs> right? But, um, yeah, they say the way you can tell is by uh, following the person's eyes, seeing what they're checking out. <laughs> and uh, I think there's uh, a lot of girls who uh, they looked at their boyfriend's eyes uh, when they're not looking at them. Might uh, find them lighting on uh, <laughs> uh, certain things they might not have uh, suspected. Um, let's put it that way. The extent to which is true for girls, I don't know. Uh, uh, you have to speak to, listen to a girl's podcast, a woman's podcast, but, uh, uh, speaking from my perspective, uh, for a man, I could say that, uh, I'm willing to bet that if, uh, honest polls were taken, uh, both of what people suspect the percentage would be and what the percentage actually is, I think the actual percentage would far exceed it. But yeah, it's interesting. So it definitely doesn't mean it's a choice. It's just an interesting cultural component. Because like I, I said, like I spoke to people from these other countries, uh, and uh, they like one one guy said so he was so bold as to say that he hadn't ever seen a gay man until he came to Canada. They're all bi. Everybody, he, 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 not him, he never had anything with a woman, but who's to say? Like, he, I think he would even, if he was staying there any longer, he might have just uh, gotten into a marriage that was displeasing like, to for him. Right? Well, every other guy he was involved with, every other guy he knew that did anything with, with a guy, right? Not necessarily with him, but with any, with active in any gay community gateway uh, was bisexual so yeah does have a kind impact uh, but that's the the bi story that's how I found out uh, I all it means I think long term in my life well of course I mean, like the possibility opening up the possibility of uh, some steamy hookups between now and when I eventually get married. 
uh, is the uh, fact that I will not react in that weirdly homophobic, latent way when uh, uh, I do find myself the object of uh, sexual desire by men. I won't be that guy, even if I don't uh, have, uh, even if I never touch another, uh, another man. Um, there yeah, I will at least not be that. So the journey or the introspection will have uh, at least had that benefit. Um, so yeah, that's another episode. I don't know if the, I definitely don't think this is going to be a daily thing, but uh, like I said, I do enjoy this form. Uh, and I'm going to keep them coming as soon as, uh, yeah, whenever I feel motivated to do it. Hopefully that's frequent. Thanks.